0: So what what would you call it when, what would you label it? When you feel something, or you think something, and then that thing happens. Premonition or something like that? I guess depending on, Depending on the scale of whatever it is, the most kind of sensationalist thing you could describe it as was a premonition that you had like uh, a vision of something before it happened. I don't think things are as um not always as sensational as that because in my experience, I've had many things like that, many feelings about about things and this this is when I've been. You know, like fully observant of what I'm doing, what other people are doing. So it's not as if I'm putting myself into a state of fear or or anger or feel you know like feeling something like that. This is more of a I get a sense of somebody else. recently recently it's been a little bit a bit more predictable it's, it's almost like a pattern in fact it is a pattern maybe that's what what people try to describe when they're talking about it it's not specifically just a um, kind of sensational event, it's not just uh, you had a premonition about something it's maybe you picked up on some kind of pattern that drew you into uh, I don't know, some kind of Condition or state that allowed you to see To see something like that There's a lot of maybe um, you think about television programming a lot of it uses cues and images and gestures In order to signal to signal certain parts of your brain. So you remember, like, you remember things like that, but you don't consciously remember why. So I guess in a way, it's, it's a bit like a hypnosis, but... You're not entirely cognizant well you wouldn't be cognizant of hypnosis anyway unless somebody told you that's what they were doing. So yeah, perhaps the cues or signals that are being given through the media are facilitating those images with people. because a lot of events if you look at significant events that happened that were reported to happen there's a lot of imagery that almost appear to be premonitions but like I just said I think it's uh, gestures and images in order to In order to conceive an idea, so it's kind of planted in your head, but you can't recall from where where it came from. By the way, that, my kind my of current experience is not that sensational, it's not that hard, uh, it's not a, it's not a premonition as such it's more of a feeling that how somebody else is going to be so when you when you live with people you've got a partner, you got kids you've got parents you can kind of pick up on how they are without talking to them it could be through body language or it could just be a feeling and so I've been picking up on certain feelings every every now and then but it's like on, there's no reason for it do you know what I mean? There's no, um, from what I can see, there's no trigger. <laughs> so it's, it's almost like anger or frustration against me or directed towards me. So whenever I have these feelings that that's what's coming... I'm always a bit like I always say the same thing. I'm like nothing's ha- like what can possibly happen that's gonna switch things so rapidly. And I think it's just patterns. I think I think all I'm doing is recognizing a pattern, patterns of behaviour, and maybe other people. And when it gets to a certain point, that's when I know the behavior switches. It's like a a pole flip, pole shift. They go from being in one state, let's say being happy, generally. They completely switch to being pissed off, but specifically at me. So it's very weird. Um, it's very weird that you can. Well, that this is this is how I'm. This is how I'm now seeing it. That it, it is me recognising their behaviour, but it's just crazy that it's all. It's all kind of being done subconsciously. I'm not consciously trying to figure out what is wrong with a person it's kind of like yesterday evening I got a I don't know call it like a notification my brain said that this is going to happen this person's going to be pissed off at you and I sit there for a second like I don't really know why. What what could have possibly happened? And then sure enough the next day a person's in a shitty mood, in a bad mood. And taking it out on me. So I mean I don't really do anything to. <laughs> didn't do anything to consciously change any anything to affect anyone's behaviour to analyze someone's behaviour consciously. But I guess subconsciously we're constantly picking up on bits of information that we aren't registering or we aren't. Um, that we're not registering in the conscious brain conscious mind which is why when maybe certain things happen we've processed it subconsciously but we don't have the context in terms of where we consciously saw it so let's say all the processing happened from the subconscious side so it appears to have almost come from nothing right so we, we sensationalize it and say well, that's a premonition, that's a prediction. But I think maybe it's not the case all the time. Maybe it's not so much. Um People being able to pick up on patterns or imagery. So, if you consider that, if you consider that people predict things like years ahead of time. And it's like, well, how, how could they have done that? Well, it could be that it could just be false. I mean, books, what's to say? They were written by the person in the year that it was stated. You know, things can be changed. <laughs> things can be written it's a later date things can be written as uh, as you want them to happen more of an intention than a premonition and that's that's how you, you can influence things so let's say let's say somebody predicted something 100 years ago and those writings and those ideas get popularised and they get, cha- they get changed slightly because when they're reported by the media, they're, they're not going to report it as it's written because, well, if it was written a hundred years ago the language is going to sound very different. People are not going to be able to relate to it, so it has to be put into a context that people can relate to, so put into a language that they can relate to and in that things can be lost things can be added so they can infer things make people think about certain things they can provide imagery so that people associate those predictions with something so that's um That's possible, right? Because... Nowadays people are not... Awake to the fact that they can be influenced very easily I mean... It's pretty obvious... ...what the intention is... ...because people that... ...perform on social media... ...YouTube, TikTok, Twitter... ...Instagram... ...those people that are performing... ...that are... ...advertising themselves... ...they're called influencers... ...they're called social media influencers... ...but influencers nonetheless and they're the same as a celebrity a celebrity is an influencer but a celebrity is maybe held in higher regard because they get, they get given titles and honours because they do a little bit more than uh, or maybe they've got a greater uh, platform and status and following They're on the world stage, so to speak. Now, social media influencer is on a digital platform. Specifically digital. So, their influence is going to be confined to social media and the internet, pretty much. There's... Um, Yeah, but there's no difference in, in what they do. They influence people. They may or may not know it. They may do it for money. They may do it for popularity. They may do it for fun. See how many people you can get to buy your shitty cologne or perfume. Because there's uh, patterns. If you look at celebrities, they all seem to do the same thing: bring out a liquor, whiskey, gin, vodka. Bring out a clone, perfume. And then if they get if they get really kind of up there, they might bring out their own bottled water is the same as any any other water but that's that's what that's what allows them to do what they're doing having influence and status look what happens when you destroy or tarnish the name And they start to lose status and they start to lose influence over people. Maybe they lose self-confidence and they go into, they go the complete opposite way and they start falling apart. And then they have no influence over anyone. But by far the biggest biggest influence is the TV programming people sit down to be programmed every, every morning every evening to watch the news, to be to be told about things that are happening far away from where they live thousands of miles in some cases different countries and what, what they're doing is making you be concerned about things that things that you can't see because you cannot just fly to some of these places that they talk about in the Middle East Because you might not be allowed to. It's not very accessible, you know, you can't just hop on. You can't just hop on any flight and get there, right? But every day they could be telling you stories about these places. And you may never be able to verify it. So what they're doing is having you be concerned about those things that you can't see that you may never be able to see and to kind of forget about the things that or not be not be concerned concerned with the things that are actually happening around you that you can go and observe that you should be concerned with that you should be observing. But because of this image of a globe. Of something bigger than you. Everyone has to be concerned with what is happening everywhere else. But their own tonne in their own home (laughs) because after somebody's finished watching the news they're going to turn around and say to you oh did you hear what happened in um, in China or Indonesia or Hawaii and this guy I suppose 6,000 miles away why are you concerning yourself with that why are you wanting to be influenced by something that is going to affect you because you're telling me about it you're upset about it you might be a little bit angry about it why are you going to to put yourself in that you're going to put yourself under those conditions and then you're going to feel a certain way you've been influenced by something And it's needlessly, you don't need to be. But it's all to... Build up images, maintain... Maintain these different images, keep people in... Something of a... A permanent state of... Fear or anger... Sadness... Because... um, You can make people feel guilty Through that kind of influence You can say like Look at what is happening in this place Six thousand miles away from where you live You can't go there And you can't actually verify what we're saying to you But look at what is happening to them You need to do something about it You need to feel bad about it You need to donate money Isn't that the same thing that celebrities and social media influencers do? They tell you tell you about a cause or something, which could be a product or a service that they represent. And then they tell you what to do to go and buy it, to help them out, to support them, to support somebody else. Because all oh. Profit goes to somebody else. Which again you could never verify. So yeah, it's a bit of a it's a bit of an influencer's world, I think. A lot of stuff is uh, set up in that way, to make you think or see things in certain ways. That it might be almost too dangerous to allow people to have their own view or image of where they live. That's, that's the thing right people think there is one single thing that, that kind of governs the reality of something and that's truth people argue over truth because people believe in something called objective truth which I guess you could say is like a fact but what people are forgetting is how can objective truth exist when it's always observed by subjective a subjective perspective meaning that no matter how you look at something it's always going to be created in your image. That doesn't mean physically it's changing proportions or shape based on when you observe it. What I'm saying is the interpretation of it. The perception of that thing. Because you've got all these influences, all these things that have influenced you over time. Influenced the way that you see or perceive certain things and so that has persistent influence over time so other things that you see and experience and that's what that's what's happening in this case that people are being influenced when they form a perspective they perceive something and then they tell it now somebody, somebody will say well objective truth is just the facts. it's describing something so you can describe something but somebody can still disagree with you because you're still interpreting it from a subjective point of view there is no unbiased objective viewpoint because there isn't anything to reference that is not going to have a subjective perspective so yeah it's um It's I mean it's really weird to hear people arguing for that. Arguing for something that is you can't observe it. You can't observe something objectively because you're always gonna see things subjectively. That's just the way that people are designed. If you wanted to observe something objectively, you would need to somehow come out of your body and into that thing. I mean, this is, this this bleeds into other things, like um, people believe in things are a certain shape. Yet they've never observed it from any other perspective than on it. So they say it's round, they say it's flat. It's like from what perspective are you talking about? Because subjectively, which is That should be your default perspective because that is what you can observe. It's not flat, it's not round. It's not any kind of, it's not any kind of shape because it's kind of up and down, left and right, you know what I mean? It's not, (laughs) it's not like a ball. It's not like a wheel or a car. But I think that's the thing that people don't get that you as a person can only view things subjectively so when you're talking about things like that which perspective are you trying to talk about are you trying to talk objectively how could you ever know because you can never be the object and you can say it's a fact okay, but how is it a fact how are you describing it what are you looking at because some people might go up to 120,000 feet and say, that's it, that's the shape. Some people go up to 240,000 feet. Some might go lower, 40,000. Some might just go to sea level and say like, look, and then some might say well it has to be the shape because if you look at all these other things all these other theories that could only ever work on this particular shape they're just using other things to other theories to try and to try and give authority or uh, other other kind of perspective to what the what they're saying but it doesn't mean that again it doesn't mean that any of that is is observable either because people can subjectively perceive all those things in different ways They could call them different things. They could see them act and respond in different ways. So I think there's a lot of confusion um, in people not understanding perspectives. if you want to consider something that is trying to be objective that would be a tv or a tv show or any kind of programming in that way because that's trying to be objective by limiting the perspectives by framing it in in a particular context and using a script to um kind of drive drive a single single kind of narrative that's trying to do something objectively because it's trying to give you a single perspective which again doesn't exist because some people will see it And they will see it objectively They will see that there is only one perspective But it's just because they They've been convinced That that's the case Because the people That are providing that Um that programme have got a sense of authority so I guess in a way the perception of authority is objective because it's deemed to be something that you should always listen to should always abide by but that's just people have been convinced of that because obviously you can say, "Well, no, they can't have authority," because it's only if I agree to it. Because nobody can have reign or superiority over somebody unless it's unless it's allowed. That's uh, that's how you would build an image of things being objective. You would make somebody believe that an authority is an authority. It's nothing else. It can't not be. It has to be. That's the image that people are given. that's why people think that things are objective that things can be objective that they can only be viewed in a single way that they can have a set of facts that can never be perceived any differently but that's all I think that's all based on belief you can believe that you can believe that things are Entirely objective You can describe something in a way that Might sound objective But When you observe it It's open to interpretation So it's no longer Objective And like I said When you are perceiving things You're always seeing it from a subjective point of view no matter how much you try and train your mind to see things from the car's perspective you're inherently trained to be a human and to see things subjectively because that's how you protect yourself what is going to hurt me yeah so I don't know why it's um why it's such a big thing that I don't know why it's such a big thing that things have to be viewed in a way that kind of alleviates your responsibility a little bit because it means that well, that's just the way that thing is there's nothing that you can do about it because that's subjectively what it is that's not reality the reality is that if somebody is appearing to do something good but you see it as them doing something bad you can still say something and say they're doing something bad because There's never just one side to things. I mean, even something that is conveyed to be objective is four sides because it's boxed in by limitations that are set up. Like I've been saying for a while now, everything is subject to balance, whether it's something that is not yet observable, so an idea, an invention that you wanted to create, a new business that you want to create, they can both be considered to be successful and not successful because you can't see it, can't observe it, but you can hold a uh, perception of it. You can convince others to also hold the same. And then the people that don't like you hold the opposite and they'll say it's not gonna be successful. And then when it is when it is finally created. When you make that business work. People can still hold um, any kind of perspective. They can say, well, it's going to fail. Others can say, well, you're doing great. It's going to do really well. So nothing is anchored there's no there's no um, how do you say it there's no I guess real idea that isn't subject to that Because everything is, everything has to be balanced out. Whether it's uh, an extreme, viewed as an extremely positive thing, there's going to be people that are going to see it as negative. So it's more the people that make something than the thing itself making something. Because you could describe a car Somebody's made the car. Somebody had the idea to make a car. Somebody designed the car. And all the components that went into it. So at what point would it become objective? At what point would you be able to view it as objective? Or view it objectively? I think that's probably enough (laughs) enough objective talk because it is literally rhetorical it's um, it just does not fit with what is observable which is why it should be so obvious how um, how the television and smartphones and basically information in general is being used to convince people that there is only right or wrong, that there is only fact or no fact. It's even that right, fact or information it has now been coined disinformation or not a fact or not factual or not fiction. Fact and fiction is interesting, right? Because something that is factual is written, like, verbatim. Like an autobiography of somebody's life. That would be considered factual. A fiction would be... Could be based on somebody's life, but fundamentally the characters and the story are not... not verbatim. It's not exactly the same person. It's not the... Same places or Story But then When you apply that in What's observable Tends to become a little bit skewed Because I think the lines between the two has become very, very narrow, very blurred. Because a lot of the a lot of the TV shows, especially in the UK, have become so kind of interwoven with what is observable, what is happening observably around you. That it is kind of blurring the Distinction between Fact and fiction Where in this case I'd say Fact was Just something that's observable Fiction being something That is What you would expect the TV show to be anyway uh, Made up, made up characters Made up story But a lot of these popular TV shows tend to run in parallel to things that are happening factually things that you can observe like um, common, common type themes like teen pregnancies and things like that, that was a very popular storyline that they used on a lot of TV shows drugs and alcohol addiction, smoking and disease and all these basically drawing on that, the people that wrote those storylines were drawing upon something that was factual, that people could see. And in some cases, the people that maybe didn't see those things were then influenced by it. So rather than it being a completely fictional show that you would kind of just not really think too much about pretty much like a book, it's now become something that is almost based in fact, what is happening around you, what is observable. People can't make that distinction anymore because the writers have gone maybe too far in one direction, trying to make it too too realistic. When it doesn't need to be Why would somebody want to watch Something that is Kind of ultra Ultra realistic mirroring The life Or things going on Around them The only purpose For that kind of programming Would be for influence And that's become More prominent Especially in the UK Because several years ago It would be impossible for A show to be heard If they had uh, Any brands or any kind of thing that was being advertised Not advertised Like not um, Not the characters or anything saying You know, buy this product Just things placed in the scene Or clothing or Something right Everything had to kind of be tidied And debranded So that it's not seen to be advertising But then the rules changed And TV shows could be paid By advertisers To place the products Inside the show Making it ultra realistic now Because all of a sudden you've got all your characters going to the shops that you go to Which is just Kind of skewing the lines again It's making it more More kind of fuzzy As to what is What is the actual story And what is the kind of actual real life And around the time that The disease struck a few years ago. That's when I switched off all those TV shows. Because they all went way, way, way over the top. Everything that they did was mirroring reality or trying to. Because they wanted to influence people to behave in a certain way. And that was... I guess maybe that was the, uh, that allowed people to see that influence that may have not been so obvious before, but now it was made kind of so obvious you couldn't really, you couldn't really ignore it. I know people would be like so what I don't mind it there will be people that won't mind it but there will be people that will mind it that don't want to be influenced like that that may not realise the reason why they feel a certain way is because Of all this influence from all these different Types of programming (laughs) And so whilst Your attention is kind of being drawn away from your own Reality And into somebody Somebody else's image Or the culmination of a whole bunch of Different writers or Marketeers It's kind of Distracting It's distracting you from purpose Like You're just going to do a 9 to 5 job And you're going to Hate it And you're going to be waiting for the weekend And then you're going to be complaining about Monday But you're never going to change anything Because You've been influenced to live that way You've been influenced to to accept that is normal and that there is nothing that you can do because because you're constantly being distracted you're constantly being influenced by the same things that put you in that position in the first place and that's what people feel right people feel that they lack focus they complain that they procrastinate too much so even if they may have an idea have some kind of way of moving away from kind of the standard, the 9 to 5 the things that they've been influenced into doing and to do something for themselves but it becomes a monumental effort if you're still If you're still carrying those limited beliefs I say limited beliefs because The way in which you've been influenced has been Purposely limited To contain people within Rules, regulations, laws Society, how how things should be done The way that things have always been how you should act all that is through influence and so it becomes increasingly difficult to get out of that to stop procrastinating to stop being distracted because there's so many distractions everywhere if you're trying to start a business online or you're trying to even just create things on a computer it can be difficult because there's so many things that the computer can do in terms of websites and applications all these things that can distract you so it can can become uphill battle but it is possible it's just a case of understanding the things that continue to influence you now and to change them so maybe limiting the amount of things that you watch on TV or on your smartphone or on your computer maybe limiting the the other influences that you might not really think or be aware of like books, newspapers, the people you speak to, music you listen to. Try and just uh, cut everything back so that you you're calming the mind down a little bit. So you've got all these sources of all these sources of information constantly keeping your mind racing. So initially what you need to do is try and remove as much um, stimulus as possible. Stimuli. Stimulus. Basically anything that's going to distract you. And even though you might not listen to music or podcasts or audiobooks whilst you're working, it can still kind of linger on, come back to the front to the front of your mind when you do need to work. It's all about Cultivating a better Better environment Better conditions For you to work in And the conditions are going to be Basically just having a quieter mind Not having so much Random shit running through because that's essentially all it is it's, it's mindless stuff that you don't need to be concerned about you don't need to be influenced by anyone. the only thing that you really need to focus on is what it is you're looking to achieve so if it's a new business, if it's some idea then you first need to start with a clean slate get rid of all the distractions, and then look at the things that you need in order to achieve whatever it is. So the removal of the, all the distractions is kind of a twofold thing, because it's not just gonna allow you to basically quiet and down thoughts and things and quiet down your mind in general, it's also going to help you recognise when distractions uh, creep back in, because it's easier to recognise them when you don't have any, that doesn't make sense does it, it's easier to recognise them when you cleared out uh, the majority of them. Because it becomes obvious that that's That that's what it is It's distracting you away from what you were thinking about Or wanting to think about So you, be, you can become Ultra focused on what it is That you want to achieve And it's not always going to be easy It's not always going to be consistent In terms of you're always going to be 100% focused on it. There'll be times when you'll... I don't know, you might feel bored. <laughs> Especially if you're doing something that's repetitive or... like research or something like that. Marketing. It can get boring, but it just needs... Um, just need some methods that that you can use to adapt in those cases such as finding another task to work on that's completely different so that you're not getting bored and then you go back to the other thing later that day, later that week or some other time when you're ready for it but I think that's probably one of the main things that I kind of faced. When I was working on my own projects, I could work for hours, days, weeks and then crash and get bored. I'd be bored of doing the same thing over and over because it was quite repetitive. But then what I learned was To always have something else Waiting that needs to be done So create as many of the tasks That you need to be done to have a to-do list You can use an online one Like Trello It's free, it's quite, quite easy to use And you just fill up your task list With Say as many, as many things that you can think of Right now doesn't have to be absolutely everything that you need to do but just the things that are immediately apparent right now because you can sit there and you can think what is everything I need to do and I've done that before what is everything I need to do in order to launch this or complete this (laughs) and there's no need you don't need to do that you just need to sit down and say okay what do I need to do Right now, what can I think of right now? And then you just create all those tasks. Have them in a to-do list. And then just work on one thing at a time. When you get bored of something or you've been doing too much of the same thing, move it back into your to-do list and move something else into um, pick up something else to do, right? So it's keeping you moving It's keeping um, Keeping it fresh so to speak It's not It's not getting boring Because that's probably the worst thing that It's the worst thing that could happen You get bored and then you just give up When all it needed was Some variety Some It just needed adaptation It was a time at which It was It was kind of test in your commitment I guess (laughs) so I've been through all that I've been through all the things that distract you all the things that are going to trip you up and stop you from stop you from carrying on with something just because it's, um, it's easy just to move on. T- it's easy to move from one project to another. It's because it's different. And if you've got a lot of different projects that you want to work on, then it can be easy to jump between them and never really get any of them into any kind of state of readiness. So it's best to maintain focus on one project By maintaining tasks just for that project And to Ensure that you keep Keep yourself uh, Interested By just picking up different things Different types of tasks The last thing, the last thing that uh, I'll talk about is your target, your goals. How you would, how would you achieve something and what would that look like? How would that be defined? How would you define when something is finished, when something's ready? when something can be sold or offered what would that look like a lot of people would probably have maybe a couple of bullet points that they could list and say like this is this is what I would need to to see in order to kind of mark it as being finished Or some people might say, "When when all the tasks are completed. But what happens if you're working on tasks, every time you finish one, you create a new one because you see something else that's needed. Or that you finish all the tasks, but then you've got something that isn't finished something that can't be used. So there almost has to be like a feature list, right? You have to say that this is what this product will do. This is what this service will do, and this is how it will do it. Or rather, your tasks will define that. That'll define like how it's done. <laughs> and, and the features is it's just something simple. It's like, uh, it's like, say if you were designing a phone Okay, what, what features does the phone need needs to be able to make phone calls needs to be able to receive phone calls needs to be able to access the internet needs to operate using a battery with a USB-C charging socket needs to be able to play music and allow people to use it hands-free with a speakerphone or a hands-free kit and so from those from those features from those requirements you can then build a list of the things that those things need so in order to make phone calls you're going to need some kind of electronics that can connect to a cellular network you're going to need a screen and some kind of interface to allow somebody to type in numbers, names and whatever. So you give the functionality and then you define the basic things or the things that are required to enable that. So it's almost like a, it's like a layered approach. The top level is the simple thing to make a phone call. Then you get into specifics, what is specifically needed to enable making a phone call. So you grab all those components and then see what they need in order to function. And then eventually you'll get, to, you'll get to a point where you've got everything. And the only way in which it will change from those basic features is if somebody adds a new feature or somebody removes a feature. But if you're speaking about like basics, you'd have to say like, this is the basic setup. This is the basic phone can't be changed, you can't remove anything from it things can be added but things can't be removed because that's the basic functionality that we need to provide and that's it, once you've got once you've got the basic functionality all sorted it's built and it's manufactured, then you sell it Should be the same for anything right define the basic features define the requirements of those features what is going to make it or how is it going to operate in that way so that's kind of a natural I guess like an actual problem solving uh, method say <laughs> so if you're looking for a problem with a system like an IT system, a website a service you would list out all the things that that make that service uh, function that make it operate or the features, so to speak. And then you would look at all the things that those features or those systems connect to. And then you would look at what the description of the problem was. And then you could probably quite easily pinpoint which part of the system is likely to have caused the problem. It's a very simple method to To adapt Because it's all Very simple logic There's nothing um, complex needed You don't need to Add any complexity at all You just need to lay everything out as it is And then work through each part in terms of what it does how it does it and this is this is something i used to do for for the companies i worked for because they would have quite complex systems and because i say they're complex it it just depends on which uh, like where you're looking at it from which perspective in terms of I guess in terms of looking at uh, an application's source code or maybe the connections between all the systems it could look complex you just need to kind of abstract it a little bit not focus too much on complexity and more. These are the systems and what they connect to, rather than maybe not so much how they connect to, but what uh, what they connect to, just to see a relationship. And um, yeah, a lot of people couldn't couldn't see that. They so I, I could. I could see those kinds of relationships because I was working with all those systems every day so I had experience in that I could quite easily pinpoint where the problems would be but others because they weren't maybe as experienced in terms of they weren't in those systems every day they didn't uh didn't really have a deeper deeper understanding of the relationships. So to them it, it would look complex, right? Just because they couldn't see they couldn't see the relationships between between the different components. that that just all comes with experience you can either you can either kind of work work directly in it and experience it that way or kind of um, passively where you would try and map it out after a problem has been, been determined. (laughs) Just saw a old woman speed through a red light and there was a woman trying to cross the road and she saw the woman wasn't stopping so she stopped at the lights and yeah, she sped through. It's interesting that she must not have been able to see the red light. Because otherwise, she would have stopped. Or maybe she's colorblind. It's quite a dangerous thing to do, right? What if it was a mother and a baby crossing the road? So that method I was just speaking about it's just something that that's just something that I use kind of I guess through trial and error just eventually got to that point of being able to to understand those systems in a different way removing the complexity and just seeing seeing things in uh, kind of a simplistic way which is easier for problem resolution or it's more efficient maybe not easier maybe more efficient Um, yeah it's also useful in terms of planning the things that you need so that you're not chasing perfection Again, that's something that that I would kind of consistently do. I'd always be looking for perfection. Or would always be aspiring to perfection. So I could never get things into a state where I was like, okay, that'll do for now, and I'm happy with that. It was more a case of, wow, there's so many other things that I need to do to this in order to make it perfect or make it better. So I think at the same time as defining things in terms of the features in order to get to a, I guess, a model of readiness. So when all those features are working, that would be, that's ready, sell it. there also has to be um, management in terms of not going to the nth degree to, to make something perfect, to kind of just allow it to be in a ready state I think that's more of a personal challenge than than a kind of a project challenge because a project manager can say okay this is now feature complete this is ready we're going to sell it and then it's gone but if it's a if it's a personal thing it becomes a little bit different it's a little bit more complex because you have to manage your own expectations. You have to lower your expectations in a way. Or maybe not. That sounds bad, doesn't it? Lower your expectations. You can maintain a certain level of expectation, but I think it's more the keeping it in line with what is actually just, what's needed. What is the goal? The goal is to create a product that is going to help people in some way, right? Once it's got all the features, it should fulfill that goal, right? It's going to help people in a certain way. So at that point, it doesn't need to be perfect. It doesn't need anything extra in order to fulfill that. So I guess that's the... I guess that's the real point, is to to just know that once you've reached the goal, it should be, I don't know, should be made known in some way. There should be some kind of some kind of uh, commitment to be made, so that when it's all completed, that's it. No more work on that project, or not in the not in the same capacity anyway. <laughs> in that it's completed sell it move on and then it goes into something that's like a maintenance kind of like a maintenance schedule so this is like speaking in terms of like an IT project a service or a website it would go into maintenance where you're kind of fixing bugs and things but new features I guess you're not going to work on new features until Maybe it's been Picked up by enough people And it's There's a market for it It's not to say that you're going to create something that's got no market What I mean is that It's kind of generally accepted by the market But that it fulfills the purpose And then it becomes Um, more worthwhile to add additional features in order to retain customers and attract new customers, right? So nothing's ever going to be perfect. It's just managing, managing the aspiration to make it perfect. Build it into a state of readiness based on features and based on attaining the goal of whatever your goal is but say for me it would be helping people achieve or attain a certain certain thing so in most cases it's going to be to automate something to save people time So as long as it fulfils that goal and it contains all those features in order to make it work, then that's considered complete and that's con- that's considered ready. And then that's it; it's gone. And then it's maintained, which is going to keep it keep it in a state of. Adaptation. So you're adapting it to make it better. Adapting to make it better and... Uh, moving it more towards, I guess, perfection, right? But just remember, perfection's not a state. It's a... Uh, kind of a constantly moving target, it's based on, it's based on your aspirations and your, your goals